SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. You know, there's about 18.4 million children without a biological dad or a stepdad or even some sort of an adoptive father in their home growing up today. And you think about the ways that it affects a lot of things to crime patterns and addictions, and, you know, school education. And we're talking with Christopher Brown today at SWS Radio, and he leads the National Fatherhood Initiative. And Christopher, it's interesting, you know, each school year at SWS Radio, we'll ask our teachers and our principals, you know, like, what are the big needs you have? And so we've held backpack drives or school supply drives and shoe drives. But this year we noticed something different. And I think it's because of all the violence we've seen in schools, we've seen gang activity, and then we've seen school shootings and things in the news this last couple of years. And so more and more principals have said, we actually need volunteers in our schools. And there was a group of dads in Las Vegas that started an organization called dadsinschools.com. And they said, you know what? We're going to challenge dads to step up because we see a lot of moms that have been volunteering consistently in the schools and helping out. But what if us dads can help do some prevention through our presence and you know work in the pickup lines and the drop-off lines or maybe help out on the lunch hour and so we're we're challenging 500 men to step up and volunteer a few hours a week for the next couple of months to see hey maybe we as dads can help with this fatherhood crisis in a lot of ways through our education i applaud that effort in fact you know in preparation for our talk today scott i I looked at the website of Dads in Schools and was very impressed, uh, not only just at the effort to get dads to volunteer to do, uh, you know, activities in schools in response to some of the violence that you guys have experienced there, but, you know, you've got Derek Carr, the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, as a spokesperson. He's got his Dads in Schools shirt on. You've got the district attorney, I believe, from Las Vegas and the AG from Nevada, all pitching in and and really encouraging dads to step up and volunteer. And when you think about it, you know, from a dad's perspective, I mean, you know, what is it? You know, there's just not a whole lot of time that you have to take out of your schedule to respond to this call to action. And you can have an enormous impact because it's interesting that the dads in Las Vegas have seen this because, you know, there are other such movements across the country that have uh, obviously influenced dads in schools, such as Dads in Duty out of Louisiana. In fact, I noticed on the Dads in Schools website that uh, in one of the videos that they have there, uh, they provide footage of this incredible national coverage that Dads on Duty got in Louisiana late last year. And since 1998, there has been the expansion of a program called Watchdogs, which started in Jonesboro, Arkansas, after one of the early mass school shootings in a middle school there, and they have expanded to thousands of locations across the U.S. where just like dads in schools, they're bringing dads into uh, schools uh, to volunteer a little bit of time on an annual basis. And so it really makes a huge difference. So again, I applaud the dads in school effort and uh, anyone listening, especially any dads out there, you know, volunteer, you know, let's not just get 500 dads. Let's get a thousand. Let's get fifteen hundred dads. I mean, I don't know if you've got a, a cap <laughs> that, <laughs> that you've got on the number of dads, but you know, let's exceed that goal. Now, Christopher, talk about some of the differences that you think fathers can make in the education process with their kids. It's huge. There is a lot of research, Scott, that shows that when dads are involved in their children's education, meaning 
that they're helping their children learn, that they are going to school events, that we see their children perform better in school, they get better grades, they have fewer behavioral problems, uh, they do better uh, not just academically but in extracurricular activities. So it's very clear based on the research that it makes a huge difference. And that's true whether dad and mom are together. So some of these studies have looked at the effect of non-residential dad's involvement on their children's educational success. And we see the same impact that we see when dads are in the home. Now, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, about 18 million children live without a father figure in their home, and that's enough children to fill New York City like twice, Christopher. And you spearhead the National Fatherhood Initiative. And over the years, you researched the impact of fatherlessness and children who grew up without the father figures around. And obviously, those stats aren't good, but... If we want to be better dads, where can we start? We all feel like we fall short. We all feel like our kids fall through the cracks in certain ways or in others. But where, where can we reset when we feel like, you know what, I'm just not in the mix like I wish I was? Well, first of all, each dad needs to make a commitment. That's the first thing. You need to commit to being a better dad. And to realize that it's a skills-based effort. So one of the ways that we talk with dads and moms differently about parenting is with dads, we focus more on the skills that you can acquire to be a better father, uh, rather than necessarily the emotions behind it. Whereas with moms, we often approach it initially from an emotional perspective and then develop the skills later. What we find is that dads respond really well to skill-based programs and resources. And then as they start to implement those skills, they start to feel that connection with their kids. Then they start to develop all of the emotions, the bonding, everything else that's really important for long-term success as a father. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to be willing to seek help. Try to find other dads in your community who you can connect to and start talking with about fathering, your fathering challenges and that kind of thing. Fortunately, at National Fatherhood Initiative, we have thousands of partners across the country, including in Las Vegas, and throughout the state who run our programs, use our resources, and are there for folks. So I'll give you one example. The International Church of Las Vegas is one of our key partners in Las Vegas. So anyone can look them up. They run one of our programs called 24-7 Dad. It's the most widely used evidence-based program in the country that builds pro-fathering knowledge, attitudes, and skills. And so those are the things, commitment, a willingness to reach out to other dads, a willingness to look for programs and services in your community that are designed specifically for fathers. And that's a great way for any dad to start uh, on the road to being a better father. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we think about the role that parents make, and we have so many single-parent homes, and single moms are working hard to make ends meet, and single dads are working hard to make ends meet. But let's be honest, when we break down like a lot of things that go on in our schools, the dads aren't as present as the moms are in a lot of ways. That's correct. I mean, that's what we see historically, right? I mean, uh, typically uh, moms take care of most of the activities that have to do with children's schoolwork. And while that can vary from family to family, certainly, we can't pay that kind of brush for every single family. But uh, when we look at it from a population-based perspective, we tend to see that dads are, are less involved in their children's school activities, uh, in their homework, et cetera, than moms. And that involvement tends to decrease as their children age, you know, get into a middle school, high school, et cetera. 
Now, the National Fatherhood Initiative's done a lot of research to figure out the whys behind all these social challenges that we have. And, you know, you put together a whole skill building resource to help guys who are dads who feel like, hey, I'm either disconnected or maybe the ex doesn't want them in the mix or they just feel, hey, this hurts so bad. I don't even know how to be in the mix. Where do you think the disconnect is, Christopher? Well, the disconnect really gets down to, you know, the quality of the relationship between mom and dad. And that's whether dad's in the home or not, whether mom and dad are married or not. So one of the things that we uh, tend to see with couples is what we call restrictive gatekeeping behavior. And this can be gatekeeping on the part of the mom or the dad, but we often see it with mom. So when we talk about restrictive gatekeeping, what we're talking about is uh, when a parent either consciously or unconsciously controls access of the other parent to their children. And so um, they may do this because uh, the relationship is not of high quality. Maybe there's some anger, hurt, resentment, that kind of thing. We see that you know, typically more often in, in families where uh, the parents are separated and not living together any longer. But that's the key is the, the quality of the relationship between mom and dad. When it's of high quality, and again, that's whether uh, dad and mom are living together, married together, et cetera, what we see is that dads uh, have more access to their children and have a higher quality relationship with their kids when they have a higher quality relationship with the other parents. So if I'm understanding what you're saying, Christopher, that if you're split up from your ex and you have kids together, finding a way to build some sort of healthier co-parenting relationship is going to be the best situation for your kids long term? Absolutely. And that's why we have a lot of resources around co-parenting. For both moms and dads, so even though we're National Fatherhood Initiative, uh, and we build capacity in communities to help human service organizations to more effectively engage dads in their programs and services, we realize that because of what I just said, the importance of the quality of that relationship, that moms need resources too on how to be a great co-parent. And so we provide those resources to organizations so that they can in turn provide that kind of programming and those other resources to moms and dads. We're talking with Christopher Brown today on SOS Radio, and he leads the National Fatherhood Initiative. It's interesting because a lot of times you grow up, and if your dad wasn't in the mix or wasn't the greatest role model, sometimes you grow up and you have kids and you realize, wait, I'm having a hard time understanding the character traits of what it means to be a good dad or even a dad in the mix or what a provider can be. And It's rough starting from scratch, but there's a lot of resources, Christopher. Absolutely. And that's what we do at National Fatherhood Initiative. So we are what for-profit businesses would term a business-to-business company. So we build capacity with other organizations that are working at the local level, such as in Las Vegas and throughout Nevada and the country, who are interacting on a daily basis with families. So we don't serve dads directly. Instead, when dads come to us for help, we refer them out typically to one of our partners in their community or near their community, provide them with the uh, in-depth assistance that they need using our programs and using our resources. We're all busy and few of us have enough margin in our life to make us have some real peace, right? I'm Scott on SWIS Radio. We're talking with Christopher Brown, who leads the National Fatherhood Initiative. And a few minutes ago, you were talking about growing our capacity as dads in the home. I mean, what's it going to take to grow our capacity? Because we all have so much going on. What it takes is we need more programs and services that are specifically designed for fathers. And the reason for that is there are a lot of great parenting resources out there, but in our culture, 
when guys hear the word parent, they often see it as a code word for mom. And so what we've done in this country, and it's very important, is we've created a huge successful infrastructure around the improvement of maternal and child health. What we've done, though, in doing that is we've left dads out of the equation. So we haven't taken a whole family approach to a building capacity at community level where we can build strong families by working with dads and moms equally. So that's what we do at National Fatherhood Initiative is we are helping to build out that infrastructure where you've got programs and services in communities across this country that are reaching out to dads both intentionally and proactively using evidence-based and research-based tools that we provide to engage dads in very specific programs and services for them. You've got to speak directly to dads. Using the term parent, some dads will respond to that, but it's not until you say, hey, dads, hey, fathers, that guys often realize, hey, this is for me. This is something for me that can help me. The other thing is we need to make it okay for dads to seek help. When we raise boys in this country, we raise them to think, unfortunately, that help-seeking behavior is a sign of weakness and not a sign of strength. So fortunately, over the last five years or so, we've seen an increase in the change in the attitudes of Americans where we're becoming more open to men in particular seeking mental health services and other assistance such as around parenting. So that's definitely a good development. But now that we are opening ourselves up to welcoming that kind of help-seeking behavior, we need the programs and services in place that can meet those needs. You know, God's wired each of us up with different giftings and talents, but he's also created guys and girls differently with different emotional sets and different body structures and brain chemicals and things like that. And I think a lot of times we hear that masculinity is toxic because there are a few guys that have taken that to the extreme and have done some really rough things. But masculinity is something that we're wired up with naturally, Christopher, and it's something that guys can lean into, especially as we want to train and grow our sons. But what we need to do, Scott, is we need to lean into healthy masculinity. The term toxic masculinity, because it's been so out there and so in our face, has created a perception that masculinity itself is bad, and it's not. We see throughout history, whether you're looking at mythology or specific religions, that there are timeless principles around what makes for a healthy man. And one of the things that we've done in our culture is we've focused so much on what can be toxic about certain men's behavior that we've blown it up to view masculinity in and of itself as a bad thing. So we need to start focusing on positive language using a strengths-based approach rather than a weakness-based approach. That's one of the things that a lot of times people in the general public don't realize is that It's really important to focus when you're trying to create behavior change around people's strengths. What are they good at? What are the strengths in a community that can be used to build up, in this case, and raise healthy boys, healthy men, rather than focusing on what's toxic about certain men's behavior? Uh, Christopher, what are some of the strengths of masculinity you think we miss a lot of times as parents, guys or girls, when we're raising boys? Right. Well, let's talk about the importance of raising boys to be good dads. 
And one of the things that we focus on at National Fatherhood Initiative in our programming are five universal characteristics or traits that mark a good father. And this is across cultures. That's why we call it universal. So first of all, it's self-awareness. It's really important for men to be aware of themselves, who they are as a man and a father. The second is what we call caring for self. So one of the things that's important to do is raise boys, raise men so that they are focused on the importance of caring for themselves physically and mentally, because unless they do that, it's very difficult for them to be the types of fathers that their children need them to be. Then we talk about fathering skills. So these are different than mothering skills. To your point earlier, there are natural inclinations. And again, this varies based on the individual, but when we look at population-based studies around what dads are really good at, what moms are really good at, there are certain things that dads tend to do really well and gravitate to and things that moms do really well and gravitate to, their mothering skills. And that's why when kids are raised with dads and moms, they benefit so much from having both a mom and dad raising them. So we help to develop fathering skills. The fourth skill is parenting skills. These are things that all parents, regardless of gender, need to learn. Things such as how to properly discipline a child with nonviolent ways of discipline. Because too often, men and dads conflate punishment and discipline. They think they're the same thing when they're not. So they don't use punishment as a last resort because they don't understand how to effectively discipline children. And then finally, relationship skills. And this gets back to what I was saying earlier about how important the mother-father relationship is, Scott. And that is we need to help boys and men understand what marks a healthy relationship. What skills do you need to navigate your relationships so that they are healthy? And that's not just a relationship between mom and dad. That's a relationship that men have with other men, other fathers, and in their communities as well. So those are the five kind of universal traits or characteristics that are central to our evidence-based and research-based programs for dads. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media. 